I don't think you're going to see this high scoring contest between these two teams. I think it's much more likely, much more likely that this is a lower score. I don't love that Dangles. just because love, everything you said makes sense, Dangles, but I think they're going to be able to run the ball a hell of a lot better I know than you they love did against Pittsburgh. Buffalo. Well, I know you love Pittsburgh, but I just, I just literally just gave you stats. I'm and, saying, and guys, did, Najee did you Harris hear, did is going to be a much better player in this game than he was in week I, one. I that hurts your over. Did you, did you hear Big Ben, though, say after the game, literally say after the game, like, our defense is going to have to win us games. You hear that? That's an under team. I love that under Dangles. I might place that myself. I, I and yeah. again, I, I wouldn't surprise me if the Raiders don't get up the bus. They're, they're probably still drunk from Monday night in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. So, like, honestly, that's a great bet. I think I might place that right now. Who you betting on? Always on black, fast stats in the pocket, whole squad, fast cash. Send the bookie, tell them bring it from the bag. No, we coming for the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer, Crookston, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio. We are the West Coast Gamble is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and uh, the only gambling show in the world that makes you money. Today is all about gambling because it is week two of the NFL. There's a game happening tonight that we're going to give you leans on at the start of the show. We're going to have a favorite section where we talk about games that we can't wait to watch come Sunday. We have bets for the Sunday night game in our Sunday night lock section, and we end the show with the King of the Coast, where each of the hosts are going to give you three sides, one teaser, and one total, and yours truly is leading after last week's King of the Coast. Thank you to the it's Houston early. Texans. It's early in the year. we got a lot of football left, and there's an extra week for you to screw up this year, Tony. Someone's up it's a marathon, not a race. That is squares. exactly it's a right. Marathon, that is not exactly a race. right. Just saying, someone up early and it ain't the other two. I'm very excited to get into this uh, week though because looking at the slate up ahead there were a lot of matchups there and uh, not a lot of confidence in my picks going into those matchups so I want to see where you two are going but let's start off with the Thursday lean. As I said there is a game tonight, a game happening in mere hours if you're listening to this at release. I'm very excited to see how this game turns out even though it's probably the worst division in football. Dangles, Thursday night, what is happening? Lead us through the game. All right, Thursday night, let's get started. It's an NFC East divisional matchup. We have the New York Giants coming off of a 27-13 loss against the Denver Broncos. They come home, or they go, They go. I say, to, I should say, to Landover, Maryland to play the Washington football team, who are uh, three-point favorites as of the time of this recording. The total in this game is 40 and a half points and there will be no uh ryan fitzpatrick of course he has suffered a hip subluxation which if you don't know is not a full dislocation it's just when the joint pops out and goes back uh. in this used to happen to me all the time with my shoulder so i'm very familiar with what a subluxation is it's it's incredibly painful i can only imagine what it was like for for fitzpatrick with his leg uh so again three points is the line here gentlemen 40 and a half is the total in this game tony let's uh start with with you here on the Thursday lean. What have you got? Well, uh, name another podcast that has direct uh, uh, prior history with sublocation. Wow. You can't You can't do it. I, you I, can't I'd do be hard-pressed to find one. This is real-life experience right here. Amazing, Dangle. That's why we keep you around. That and your lovely voice, the dulcet tones of Daniel Antonio. Thanks, but for this game, <laughs> I will say last week we did the best on our Thursday leans. Yes, they're leans for a reason. They're not locks because these Thursday games, especially late in the season, tend to get wonky. But all three of us hit our bets. Drew was the only one to lose a bet because he gave out two. He's always giving out extra bets. You know this by now. But for the Thursday lean last week I hit it hard and I think I'm going to do it again because I was looking at this pretty uh, it went to player props once more because God help me I really wanted to take the Giants I really wanted to take the Giants plus three and a half. Really? I'm surprised, Tony, you even lean towards the Giants after that dumpster fire performance. I agree. Dumpster fire performance. I'm right there with you. I, and, and But Washington, with Heineke back there, yes, Heineke uh, performed to great lengths in the playoff game against Tampa Bay. Yes, this will be a home game as well. I just don't know if that offense is going to be running the same as it would have been. And the Giants just needed just enough to get going. I, I wanted to take the Giants plus three and a half, but I can't do it. Instead, I'm going to play a prop land. Instead, I'm looking to the Washington football game that they played against the Los Angeles Chargers. This stat is so good, I'm going to be saying it twice today. Justin 22 Herbert, times. 
Justin Herbert completed seven passes. I should say Justin Herbert had seven different receivers catch a ball for over 17 yards in the game against the vaunted defense of That's the Washington awesome. football That's team. That's crazy stat. And, and that proves that there are chunk yards to be had, big game plays to be had against this defense. So I look to the New York Giants offense, and they they don't really have a great offense, especially running the ball. I still think Saquon's going to have difficulty, but if Daniel Jones can get some time to throw the ball here, he goes to chunk yardage to one guy and one guy only, and that's Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton had seven targets in the Giants game against the Broncos, caught three of them, and hit the number I'm about to give you right now. I could see him doing the same exact thing against this Washington football team. I'm taking the Darius Slayton over 36 and a half uh, receiving yards against the Washington football team. He can honestly get that in one play. 36 and a half is not a lot. Again, seven targets in the game against the Broncos. I still think Daniel Jones and the Giants will be down in this game and they'll be throwing more than they should. And the Washington football team can give up these chunk plays. 36 and a half receiving yards for Darius Damn. Slayton is my Thursday lean. Daniel Antonio, you're up. Well, I don't love this kind of pick because it relies too much on on luck, but for whatever it's worth, Darius Slayton's caught the first touchdown pass in the last two games that the Giants have played. For my Thursday lean, I'm going to the Washington football team, and uh, I'm going back to what I know and what I think I've been decent at. Because the reason, ladies and gentlemen, well, one of the reasons that you track your bets, not only to be able to show all the green on the list, but is so you can figure out what you're good at betting and what you aren't and what you're profitable on and what you're not. And what I've been profitable on and what I was profitable on last week uh, was running yards, rushing yards with Zeke, my under hit on that. So I'm going to go back to that well this week because I think the matchup is really, really ripe for this. Antonio Gibson's total rush yards is 67 and a half. The Giants defense last week gave up 165 yards on the ground to the Broncos, including a 100-yard game to Melvin Gordon. Taylor Heineke performed very admirably, I think, in, in relief duty the, last week, but I feel like it's hard to imagine that, that Ron Rivera is not going to alter his offensive scheme in, in some way to cater to Heineke's um, uh, uh, skill set a little bit better. I think we see a little bit more Antonio Gibson, um, and a lot of the game's ripe for a lot of rushing from him. I think 67 yards is very easy uh, against this bad Giants defense. Uh, and I don't hate the J.D. McKissick over two and a half receptions in this either. He was a favorite target of Taylor Heineke's uh, in some limited play last year. But I'm sticking with Antonio Gibson over 67 and a half rushing yards at minus 110. Okay, okay, Antonio Gibson. I mean, Alexander Joshua Alche will be very happy that you're betting me over on Antonio <laughs> yeah. Gibson. Speaking of, congratulations, Alche. Congratulations. His son is here. I am very hey. excited to meet him. He looks like a kicker. He does look like a kicker. Yeah, very excited to meet Asher Noah. Can't wait. Beautiful uh, boy. Drew? Congratulations to them for sure. Oh, yeah. Hey, oh, way yeah. to go, Cheese. We're, we're, we're going to have Colt versus... Colt versus Asher now. I mean, it's they're, they're going to have to meet at one point. They're at the same Absolutely. age. It's going to be a lot of fun. But, Drew, what do you got for your Thursday link? Boys, it was so interesting um, breaking this game down because I, I've never seen much uh, this much discrepancy in, in, in Taylor Heineke versus Ryan Fitzpatrick. Some people I respect think, oh, it's a huge downgrade, while some people I respect say, you know, I don't think it's a downgrade at all. In fact, Heineke might even be a plus for them. Mm. Um, I, I, I kind of lean towards Heineke being um, – not so much of a subtraction. I'm not sure if he's as good as Fitzpatrick over his course of a season, but I was, I, like I said, uh, in our offseason show, boys, I was extremely impressed with that guy yeah. in that playoff game against the Bucks. I really was. Not just because of his performance. He's diving for end zones. His teammates really uh, looked like they had his back. Um, breaking this game down, the Giants last year, 13-3 and to the under – uh, the the, the wow. Washington football team, certainly not a explosive offense. Now, we saw this number uh, open at 42.5 and, and get bet all the way down to 40.5. Uh, you know the sharp. He just does not like that number. We go back to last week. Uh, neither, neither of these teams got in the end zone in the first quarter. Um, the Giants scored their lone touchdown in the second quarter while the uh, football team had two field goals in the second quarter. So the only place I can look for my Thursday night lean, I am going to bet and did bet uh, pretty confidently. I'm going to bet the first half under at 20 points to ensure that both these teams do not get a combined three touchdowns. I think this is better. I, I think this can win in a couple ways. I think the football team, they come out hot and score early. Uh, we're just putting Danny Dimes in positions where he's not comfortable or if it's kind of a back-and-forth, slow, 
uh, slow pace of play, not make a mistake, kind of get to the second half and see what happens. Really like this bet. Schaefer the Sharp under 20 in the first half, and you'd be so proud of me, boys. No bonus bets tonight. Wow. No. All right. Wow. This is a WCG first. I hear angels singing. This is amazing. <laughs> okay. So Drew has the first half under. Dangles has Antonio Gibson over rushing yards. I'm taking Darius Slayton over receiving yards. Those are our Thursday leans, but now it is time to move on to the favorite. This is the game that we think is going to be the pop popcorn game. Can't wait to watch it. And that is coming up next. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. All right, boys, it's time to talk about the favorite. It's the favorite game you got going this weekend. Again, I'm not placing a bet on this game. I'm just very excited to watch it because I don't know what's going to happen. I can't wait. Dangles, let's go to you first. What's your favorite of the weekend? Well, I like this uh, Rams-Colts matchup in Indianapolis. It's the second straight home game for Indianapolis. Now, look, the... The Colts got kind of blown out. The score didn't show a blowout, but Russ was cooking hot dots all afternoon. It was really rough for that that Colts team. And the offensive line for the Colts was nowhere to be found. Carson no. Wentz spent a lot of the time on his butt. That was one of the downfalls of his, his tenure in Philadelphia is how frequently he was sacked. Can't have that happening in Indianapolis if they want to have success there with this with this Frank Reich offense. They're also been kind of bitten by the injury bug. Quentin Nelson's uh, questionable for this week. Uh, you've got um, I think Braden Smith, one of their guards, is questionable for this week. Uh, Darius Leonard is questionable. Xavier Rhodes is questionable. These are not names you want to be having on the iffy list when you're heading into Sunday. Um, that said, this Colts team has a lot of potential. We all liked them, I think, heading into this season, and I'm excited to see them go up. They, they still have the potential to be very good. That defense, is, uh, I think, has the potential to be very good and gosh I mean if for nothing else I'm just really excited to see this Matthew Stafford Rams offense play again that was so much fun on Sunday night watching them go at it and just absolutely torch the Bears on national television I know you enjoyed it Tony because you hate the Bears can't wait to see Matthew Stafford get back out there and see what he can do against the Colts I think this game could be a little bit closer than people actually think I know Mm. it's not the sexiest of the games of the week but I am excited to watch it Uh, no I'm excited to watch it too because I thought Indy was going to be a contender this year and they looked putrid against Seattle so I yeah, want to see did. what they do in the second well Russ game also at home against really, an NFC West team really good yeah you also want to kiss Carson Wentz on the mouth uh Tony but um that's neither here or there <laughs> however I I will say Dangles I I, I completely agree with you I I think I think that's going to be uh, a, a much closer game than people think that spread is is you know right there north of the hook there at three and a half um but you know when we actually think about you know, the Rams, like who exactly did they play? Did they play? The, they play the Chicago Bears. How good are the Bears? Probably not that good. Who the Colts play? They play the Seahawks. Probably a pretty good team. So I'm with you. I'm very excited to watch that. And I think it's going to be a very, very entertaining close game. Uh, I'll tell you what will be an entertaining game. Don't know if it's going to be close, but I know it'll be entertaining. In fact, it's one of the highest totals you can bet right now if you want to take the over in this game. Uh, it's Dallas at the Los Angeles Chargers. Listen, Dallas went to Tampa Bay uh, on Thursday to start off the season, played a really tough game against one of the best defenses in the league, and now they're going to L.A. searching for a win. The Chargers, on the other hand, played a tough defense, did just enough to beat them. Herbert looks like the real deal. Very excited to see Herbert and Dak face off and who can score more points. And also, you want to talk about injuries, Dangles. Dallas will be missing their right tackle, which only makes Joey Bosa against a rookie that much more palatable. They do get Zach Martin back. They do. They get do. him back, but they do lose. So they Leo should Collins, be able to run the ball more. And Michael Gallup, I think, is out as well. They should be able to run the ball more, this Dallas team, which will help Zeke and will help Tony Pollard and will greatly help Dak. On the other side, uh, stop me if you heard this before, but Derwin James is missing practices with injuries. So I'm a little oh. bit worried to see that Los Angeles Charger defense against a much better offense than what they played in week one. I don't know where I'm going to place my money on this game. I just do know I'm going to pop some popcorn and enjoy it. It's a very fun game, and I think there are fantasy plays galore in this game. I think you can start anyone on either side in this game and get a great fantasy except, result except out Zeke of Elliott. 
<laughs> I disagree. I think Zeke has a comeback game in this. I don't think he's going to be a top five His running back, sure but so. I think he's much better than the week one we have on Thursday. I'm very excited to watch this game play out. Drew, do you have a uh, favorite for this week? I do, and and I, I just want I just want to uh, follow up with what you said, Tony. Guys, I you can look at my notes. I had Dallas circled as the backup the Brinks truck bet of the week at three and wow. a half, and I backed off it. Obviously, the news of Demarcus Lawrence breaking his foot today that at practice too. is oh my God. massive. That's tough. Massive, you massive, massive. You don't really massive. have much else on the pass rushing side of uh, things on that defense. Well, li- li- listen, they're, they're, they're not going to have Lawrence. He's out six to eight weeks. They might not have Randy Gregory. Uh, obviously, you said Dangles. Martin's coming back, but still without Lel Collins. I just cannot, in good faith, put my f- – I, I, I just can't back Dallas – at three and a half. And I'm telling you guys, like five hours ago, that was my back of the Brinks truck three mm. point bet, but I can't do it anymore. And this is one thing I'll say the chargers, you know, people talk about home field and, 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 and balancing the spread guys, you guys know better than anyone in, in SoFi stadium. That stadium is going to be 90% Cowboys fans. That is a makeshift yeah. home game for the Cowboys. So I loved everything extra time home field advantage. I loved everything about that game. I was going to feel the most confident side of, 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 of the very long two-week season we've had so far, mm. but I have to completely pump the brakes after that injury. Obviously, uh, I bet against Herbert yesterday. It bit me in the ass. Or sorry, last week, and it bit me right in the butt. So I'm going to pass, but again, great picks, guys. I think those games are going to be awesome. I, I, I'm pumped to watch it. And Eve, I, I'm surprised you wanted to go for Dallas when Herbert was 9-for-9 nine nine converting third downs in the second half against Washington football team. And that defense is a hell of a lot better than the one he's going to see on Sunday. I, I think Herbert is, has a chance to blow them out of the water, but Dak is going to be able to bring him back. Excited for yeah. it. Excited for yeah. it. Drew, what's your favorite of the week, though? Yeah, I, I'm going to AFC East, man. And I'm going to I'm gonna play uh, – actually, I'm not going to play again. I'm, this is the one I'm going to sit out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch the Buffalo Bills traveling to Miami to play the Dolphins. Wow. And, you know, this could potentially – be a pivotal game in the AFC East race. Obviously, as you guys know, uh, I got New England money. I have the Bills and New England uh, exact a box in the top two. So you know where who I'll be rooting for. And, you know, breaking down this game, uh, we talked to Steve, who was just a fantastic guest earlier in the week. And I was really trying to – I was checking out his power rankings. And there seems to be value – on the Dolphins for sure in this game, mm. but I broke it down. But I broke it down uh, uh, further. And guys, McDermott has completely owned, completely owned the Miami Dolphins to a tune of five straight victories. Also, who can forget last year when Tua playing against Bills backups, where all he needed to do was travel to Orchard Lake and get a win to get his team in the playoffs, and the Bills backups yeah. put sixty on him and blew them out of the water. Yeah. I'm not going to call their win against New England fluky, but as Dangles pointed out, the Patriots have that game in the bag, and Damian, and, yeah. and Damian Harris yeah. fumbles. The, the and, Dolphins you know, didn't win that game because they played great. They played well, but it was the Patriots' unforced errors that ultimately cost them that game. 100%. So if the Dolphins are on one, is this a different feel? I don't know. Saying that, uh, Florida in September – against the Bills team that significantly underachieved week one. I'm not going to overreact. I'm going to sit out on it. I will give you a little shave of the sharp tip, though. If you like the Dolphins in that game and you think they could win or think they will win, uh, the Dolphins to win the division right now are plus 225. If mm. they win that game on Sunday, you will never get a better price for the foreseeable future. So you might want to sprinkle something on your Dolphins futures if you're going to support the Finns there. I personally... Uh, my lean would be to Buffalo here, but again, I'm going to sit out, root for my Bills. Can't wait to watch. It'd this be is huge a, to start out two and zero in the AFC East against two AFC East opponents for the Miami Dolphins. That and have two tiebreakers against yeah, the Patriots and the Bills. Yeah. This is this is very much a for real game. I think after this game, we will know a lot more about whether the Bills, what we saw last week against the Steelers, was just an aberration, or if that was for real. And we'll know whether the Dolphins are actually for real good, or if they were just good against the Patriots team that made a few mistakes down towards the end. I'm excited for that matchup as well. I'm right there, Dangles. This is definitely a for real week. Who is for real and who is not? And we will try to deduce that in our next section because we're attacking the Sunday night football. Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, and your Sunday night lock coming up next. West West Coast Gamblers. Hey there. My name is Michael Laminato, and this is Pit Pass F1. 
a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. All right, boys, again, we prefaced this last week by saying you may have lost some money on the Sunday slate. Maybe the morning teaser didn't go your way. Maybe the afternoon money line parlay didn't hit the way you wanted it to, but there's still one game on the docket, the Sunday night lock. Sunday night football is happening. One team against another team. It's, it's usually be the best one. matchup of the week. This one. one is a very fun Woo! AFC matchup, a very fun AFC matchup. I will say uh, the three of us, we need to do better here. We went 0-3 in our Sunday night locks. We were good everywhere else. The King of the Coast, we were good. The Thursday night lean, we were good. Sunday night football, 0-3. Need to turn that around, and it happens right now. That's Dangles, tough. what is our Sunday night football game for week two? Oh, it is a doozy. It is a doozy. I cannot wait for this one. 5.20 p.m. at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. Kansas City Chiefs coming off a four-point win over the Cleveland Browns. They leave Arrowhead. They come to Baltimore to take on the Ravens, who just lost in a heartbreaker in, in just hilariously improbable fashion after they couldn't find Daniel Carlson, the kicker. The Raiders couldn't. They end up throwing a Hail Mary pass to Zay Jones, and and here we are. Uh, the Manning cast was fantastic, and uh, the, the, the Ravens come off the Manning cast to take on the defending AFC championships. The line is three in the hook and the total is 55 and a half boys. I, I will say before we dive into the Sunday night football thing, can we talk about the Manning cast? Because it was yes, great. I enjoyed talk watching about the it. Manning cast. But, I but texted I you want... right at the start of it. And I was like, mm, I'm not so into it. And then by the end, I was like, I'm so on board with this. I was, I was totally won over. But how awful must it feel if you're in the actual real life Monday night football booth? No one's watching that telecast anymore. <laughs> You're literally taking fans away from yeah. you. Why even send them? Why not have the Manning Poor telecast be the Monday night? Like Steve Levy, Brian I like Greasy. Steve Levy a lot. Lewis Riddick. They're doing work yeah. every week to try and get this to be the best broadcast in the world, and they're getting blown out of the water by the Manning telecast. And ESPN's even promoting the Manning telecast more than they are Monday night. I don't know. I'd complain if I was in that booth. I mean, who wouldn't want to watch complain. it? Like, I don't need to see more Charles Barkley. I was like, eh, whatever about that. But, like... Having Travis Kelsey on and kind of joking with and talking, having him watch, having these players, the current players on who know the current game on to to break things down. Right. It's different when you're listening to like, you know, Terry Bradshaw or, yeah, you know, whatever, Michael Irvin. Yeah, they watch the game, but they, they don't play uh, it right now. Listening to Russ break these plays down and talk about what he is, would do is great. I loved it. That- I loved it. Put that production money into the Monday Night Football telecast. Like you're spending money on all these guys. Put well, that into the telecast. Get, but, Monday but Night see, Football. See, I'm willing to bet that I don't think, from a production perspective, that the reason these guys said they yes to that was for the money. I don't know if ESPN threw them anything for that. I think they said yes to it because it's Peyton and Eli, and they just had, thought it would be a fun opportunity to go on TV and talk football with uh, Peyton and Eli as they sort of you know banter back and forth about the game. So look, I don't know what ESPN does. I don't know how they but as a as as someone who has done you know production work on the broadcast side of things i can tell you just from a uh that's a, just a good look for someone like russ or travis kelsey to go on and be part of a fun podcast with two super bowl winning quarterbacks one of whom i would argue is the greatest of all time and his name is an eli not the, uh, the greatest of all time but a greatest of all time i should say uh, yeah uh, thank you a, 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 a greatest of all time, time. Uh, but yeah but to me the the the, the best part of the whole telecast was honestly uh, if this is obvious, then then stop me. But it was just the back and forth and the brotherly jo- the, the the brotherly jabs yes. they'd give each other when when Eli when Eli told Peyton that he needs some powder on his forehead because it looked like he put <laughs> someone sprayed Pam on it. I was gut laughing. I mean, you just you, you it was just like the old it was just like the old Sports Center commercials when they're kicking each other in the cafeteria and giving wet willies and Archie's you know scoffing at him. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Anyway. Let's. I that was that was my fault. We went on a tangent there. Yes, Let's bring it, it back to the Sunday you night football game. You brought that upon game. yourself. 
Chiefs at Ravens. Uh, I'll go first with my Sunday night lock. And this one's tough because I I do think the Ravens are going to make this a big deal this week. I think they're going to pull out all the stops because they lost. uh, I mean, there's no reason they should have lost to the Raiders last week. Now they got now they get to play at home, open up the open up their home, uh, their home slate here against Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes, the last two times he's played this Baltimore team, though, he threw for four touchdowns and he threw for three touchdowns. I do think uh, Pat Mahomes is going to be able to throw again on this defense, which is worse than the last two Baltimore defenses he played. Pat Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns is my Sunday night lock of the bet, and you're actually getting plus money for it right now at plus 125. Pat Mahomes over two and a half touchdown passes. That's the lock. Dangles? I'm going uh, I'm going to the Chiefs' offense as well, the Chiefs' passing offense as well. Uh, I'm going Travis Kelsey over 88 and a half receiving oh, yards at minus 115. Number. I know it's a big number. It's a, the, but it's a it, gimme. It, it, I think it's a – I really do think it's a gimme. The Raiders threw to Dale and, Darren Waller 19 times on Monday Night Football. He still went for 10 and 105 and a touchdown. The Ravens knew – who Derek Carr was throwing it to, and they still couldn't stop him. Now, imagine that same scenario, but with Travis Kelsey, who I would argue is a better tight end than Darren Waller, and in an offense where you don't just have to account for one dude, you have to count for four or five of them at any given time on the offensive side of the ball, and Mahomes. I think Kelsey is ripe for a huge game here against this Ravens defense uh, that plays a lot of man and is gonna has and showed that they were struggling to keep the Raiders receivers who aren't very good in front of them. So Travis yeah. Kelsey over 88 and a half of receiving yards at minus 115. Yes, it is a big number, but I feel like for Travis Kelsey against a mediocre Ravens passing defense, this is a no-brainer. Shave of the sharp two AFC powerhouses. Where are you going for your Sunday night lock, guys? I don't. I don't mind either of your plays. Uh, whenever you bet overs on Chiefs offensive players, I mean, it's never a bad thing. Um, I like where your head's at. I'm going to go a little different, though. And, and you know, breaking this game down, obviously the history of these uh, teams when Lamar has thrown a straight goose egg against these Chiefs, he's 0-3 yeah. lifetime against him. But, you know, watching watching that Raiders uh, – Raiders game. The thing that took uh, the Raiders Ravens game. The thing that stood out to me about the Raiders was they have a really damn good pass rush. Max Crosby yeah. and Carl Nassib mm-hmm. were great, and Yannick Ngakwe too. He got back yeah, there as well. They yeah. have a better front four than people give them credit for. Uh, see, this is hold on, Drew. This is also an are you for real moment. Is it the front sure. four of the Raiders or is it the new it the offensive bad, tackles yeah. of the Raiders? Well, why don't you let me? Why don't you let me explain, Tony Squares, and <laughs> so I'll, I'll get the answer to you. So sorry. Thank you. Thank you. So what we saw, what we saw in the Browns game was the Browns essentially uh, hand that victory over the Chiefs in the form of a muffed punt, yeah. and the punter was an idiot and should, yeah. had time to get rid of the ball, and that basically changed the course of the game. What I'm saying here is the Ravens' rush rush attack did not really miss a beat. They still ran. They, they still had 406 total yards of offense. They had every opportunity to win that game. They have the best kicker in the league, and I think truly – absolutely truly they can match scores here with the chiefs because i think the chiefs defense is terrible i think their front four beyond chris jones is terrible Mm. and i think the chiefs are going to run into a lot of problems and guys listen the chiefs their last 12 football games they are 10 and 2 they lost week 17 last year against uh the chargers when they started chad henny and their backups and of course they lost in the super bowl 10 and 2 straight up would you believe that they are 1, 10, and 1 covering the number. This wow. team does not cover. Wow. You get taxed, you get taxed by the Chiefs. I get a Ravens team here getting three and a half points, mm. playing at home on Sunday night football. This is like Tony said, this is pulling all the stops. This is John Harbaugh. He needs his team to win this game. Lamar's got something to prove. I love this bet. It almost made my top three in King of the Coast. I will lay this on Sunday night. I'm absolutely mm. home, dogs, bark, louder. Mm-hmm. Give them to me. The Baltimore Ravens plus three and a half. I'm going against the trend. I know Mahomes has torched the Ravens in the past. I think the Ravens do enough 
go score for score. To, I think they're live to win, of course, but I love getting I love getting a field goal plus the hook. Give me the Ravens plus three and a half Sunday night lean. Mm. Drew, you mentioned that Mahomes is, or Jim Lamar Jackson's zero three all time against Mahomes. I was reading an article from uh, Jameson Henley at ESPN today. He's gone thirty and five against the rest of the NFL, and the only quarterbacks to lose their first four starts against another MVP quarterback were Peyton Manning and Matt Ryan. Both did so against, you guessed it, Tom Brady. And uh, Lamar tied with Matt Ryan for the worst win percentage in head-to-head matchups of NFL MVPs with at least three starts like that. And we get to see Matt Ryan try and get his record uh, a win this weekend when he goes up against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So very uh, But guys, it's just like Steve said. It's just like Steve said, though. The look-ahead line was two and a half. Listen, the look-ahead line is two and a half. Now you get three and a half. What upgrade did we make the Chiefs, and what downgrade do we make the Ravens there? I I I think both those teams. I know the Ravens lost in a, in a heartbreaking fashion, but dude, it was Vegas's opening game with the crowd. I mean that that was their Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised. I can't bet in good conscience the Steelers laying <laughs> five at home because Tomlin is horrible. Bet, uh, uh, he's he's horrible. Bet him as a favorite, but it would not surprise me at all if the Raiders didn't get off the bus this week. I love the Ravens this week at three and a half. I love them. I can't wait. That, that's it for our Sunday night locks. We got the Balti at plus three and a half. We have Mahomes over two and a half touchdown passes and Dangles are taking the Kelsey receiving over at 88 and a half yards. Excited for a Sunday night football game that should be very, very entertaining. But now let's move on to the part where we give out all the bets that you're going to need to make you money in week two. And that is the king of the coast. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. All right, boys, it's week two. It's time to give out the bets that make people money. It's time for King of the Coast. This is a section of the podcast where each of the hosts here are going to give out three sides, one teaser, and one total that you can take this weekend, this Sunday, or maybe even Monday, because my Packers might be playing on Monday. Three sides, one teaser, and one total for week two. Each of these is going to be confidence ranked a little bit. The first side we give out is only worth one point. The final side, the Brinks truck side, the backup, the Brinks truck guarantee is worth three points. Yours truly hit his last week. And the bets in between the middle side, the teaser, and the total, two points apiece. Ten points total for each host to garner. Yours truly is winning so far after week one with seven of his ten possible points. Three and two last week. Drew right behind me with a six-point total and dangles. Um, You got Ron's two. Done. Yeah, well, you know. Better than one. It's better than one. That's right. That's better right. than one. I think there was a song about that. Let's add on. Let's add on to that list, Dangles. You're going to go first. We're starting off with our one-point side. Where are you going? All right. I'm trying to be a little less cute this week and and take stuff that that makes a little bit more sense. My one-point side is going to be the San Francisco 49ers minus three at the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, they lost Raheem Mostert, but shoot, you wouldn't know it the way Elijah Mitchell ran, right? Uh, the, The offense has got a lot going on for it. It's rife with weapons. I think it's shifty and creative enough that I'm confident on betting on them to cover the three points against a, a Philly team that 
I think might be better than some people thought, but I don't think is at the level at the Niners are. I mean, think about it. Like the, with just with Jimmy G, that Kyle Shanahan offense is 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 pretty tough to beat. You factor in Trey Lance and and the ability for them to swap out, and and I think he showed last week that he's not afraid to bring Trey in, in on a couple of plays. Um, I'm excited about this game. I'm going uh, Niners minus three at the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, oh, that's tough, Dangles. I looked at that game. Philly just looked too good for me to go against them. Are they good though? Are they really? I don't know. They I don't know. That their, offense their looked pretty four, damn good though. Their front four tortured a really bad Atlanta Falcons offensive line. Yeah. And the Falcons were uh, they got into the the red zone or within the ten I think on their first two drives and yeah, they couldn't and punch it in. For field goals. And, and yeah, they did. And this is this is an issue that's been going on for years with the Atlanta Falcons, right? And I, know, I say this as a Julio Jones fantasy owner who is used to seeing lines of his like seven catches, a hundred yards, and zero touchdowns. They, they, I don't think this Atlanta Falcons team was a very good. Jalen Hurts looked great. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think this was a good um, litmus test for how good uh, Philadelphia really is. I think this Niners team will be. I did not have the balls to take is what I'm trying to say. Jalen Hurts in five tries has more 300 yard passing games than Lamar Jackson has in his entire career. Uh, Hertz is the real deal is what I'm trying to say, at least from a He's fantasy gambling perspective. I'm too scared to take that game. I'm also too scared to take another game. It involves the people that played those San Fran 49ers, but Detroit in the number is intriguing to me. I think Green Bay is going to win that game, but again, we saw these two teams last week, and Detroit in the fourth quarter, I mean, if Dan Campbell is the motivational speaker that we think he is, that fourth quarter game tape is what he's going to show his team going, guys, we had him at the brink. One or two mistakes change in the first half, we win that game. All those motivational tools he can use, that fourth quarter game tape can show him. There is no such fourth quarter game tape for the Green Bay Packers. They were bad from start to finish in that game. And I'd, I'm a little bit worried, as you heard on Tuesday, about the relaxed Packers saying it's going to be fine. Don't worry. It's all behind us. We'll be fine. Detroit always plays them tough, especially at home. And Detroit and the numbers, a very intriguing bet to me. I did not have the cojones to take it. Instead, my one-point side is going back to the well. I can't believe I'm doing it, but I kept on looking at this number and I couldn't get over it. Houston won me a bet last week and Houston's going to win me a bet this week. 12 and a half points against the Cleveland Browns. Listen, I know Cleveland almost beat Kansas City. They were a muff punt away from beating Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. This game is going to be so slow. And so and both of these teams want to do the same thing. They want to control the pace of play. They want to run the ball and grind it out. Nick Chubb's going to get his yards. And then the Mark Ingram, Phil Lindsay, David Johnson, they're going to get their yards too. I think Cleveland wins this game. I think this game goes under. I almost took it as my under. I also I just think Houston keeps it close enough to be plus 12 and a half. Again, a veteran-laden team coming off a huge win last week. They're going to come out with their chest puffed up, knowing they're ready to put the, uh, their noses down and go to work. I think Houston's one of the worst teams in the league. I still think they cover this plus 12.5 spread. Cleveland's still missing some parts due to injury. Odell's going to be out. I think Cleveland is just that much of a step off of where they're supposed to be right now. I do think Houston can do it and will come prepared for that game. I will say also, Tyrod Taylor revenge game, anybody? Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Houston plus 12 and a half is my one point side. Drew. Tony, I think that might have to be our first beer bet of the year. I uh, don't have that anywhere close to my picks, but after hearing your analysis there, give me the Browns uh, a 12 and a half <laughs> yeah. for a brewski. You got it? I'll me take you. It. I'll take you. Okay. Absolutely. Beer I'll bet. take it. Not counting for the points, just a beer bet for Schaefer the Sharp. <laughs> and uh, and let me just say, uh, Tony you know, likes to stroke himself in a non-sexual fashion on the pod. And uh, Are we sure you know, about he that? Did, well, it's 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 well we're on camera now, Dangles, so um it is confirmed. Uh but however, I, mean, I just would like to say I did also hit my back of the Brinks truck bet, Tony. So I am also one and oh for back of the Brinks truck bets. However, for my one pointer this week on my sides, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna go for the most value in the power rankings that I see and the most maybe overreaction to what we saw last week in week one. Guys, week two is usually a slaughterhouse for the public. Why? Because obviously everyone's playing off week one results and everyone is overreacting or underreacting and all this nonsense. And week two traditionally has been very tough for me to navigate. Um, listen, 
We saw what the Saints did to the Packers, yeah. and it was impressive. Jameis was awesome, um, but as Tony has referenced, something was just completely wrong with the Packers uh, in between their ears. They looked almost like like Walking Dead over there. Um, and you know the Panthers, uh, they, they they got kind of a quiet win against the Jets team with you know probably not going to be very good. And, and you know Donald Donald played all right. And I'm not a big Donald guy, um, but you know Christian McCaffrey, you know probably non quarterback best best offensive player in football i think uh like like undisputed maybe as far as complete player running back receiver um guys this look ahead line was basically one and a half my one point side just on value here i'm gonna take another home dog here there's seven home dogs this week i'll make a gentleman's bet with you i bet they go four and three covering Mm -hmm. the number my one point uh uh, spread is going to be the Carolina Panthers plus four at home. I just think they're going to keep this game closer than we think. I want Jameis to prove it again. Um, I don't know. I just I, I I don't quite trust this whole. It wasn't Saints even Jameis the, that won that game for the pa- for the yeah. Saints. I oh, went and, back and watched that. It was it was the Saints' deep rush defense that did a lot of that work. It was the again, Saints' pass rush that did a lot of that work. It, it, his very, receivers also made him look really good. They made some amazing catches for him. Very quietly, the Panthers. Panthers again. I know who they play. They played the Jets, but they graded out top ten in pass defense and rush yeah. and coverage. I just think again, this is this is a strict value play on the power numbers. Give me the Panthers for one point and plus four. I I don't hate it, Drew. I just couldn't take it with Sam Darnold there. I just saw Sam Darnold making mistakes. I just this I is where. This is where Jameis Winston turns back into a pumpkin, though, because that Carolina rush will get home where my Green Bay rush did not. I like Carolina plus four. That's it for our one-point sides. Let's move on to the teaser. This is going to be worth two points in the King of the Coast (laughs) game. But in case you've never played a teaser before, basically you take two teams, you tie a bow together, tie tie them together in a bow, and you get six to seven points of value on both of their sides. So if someone is a seven-point favorite, you put them in a teaser, now they're a a money line favorite. Their their spread is now zero if you take a seven-point teaser. We're giving out two-team teasers here. I'm going to go first uh, because... Well, basically because I think Dangles might have the same exact teaser that I have based on the two teams that are here. But, um, Drew, you already (laughs) talked about home dogs. And I'm hoping you're wrong because I understand underdogs went uh, 12-4 and in week one. And I'm taking a lot of uh, road favorites here, especially when it comes to teaser land. I'm taking the New England money line because I think Mac Jones and the Patriots are better than those New York football Jets. I did not like Zach Wilson, especially coming on late. Like he played, he got a lot of garbage time points in that game against Carolina, and I think New England is better than Carolina. So I'm taking New England. They're a six-point favorite. Tease them down to a money line play, and then on the other side, I'm taking Drews Denver Broncos in a money line play as well. I really think both of those teams win their games. I know they're on the road, and I know they're favored, but I think Denver money line and New England money line tie it together on a bow and a teaser and actually if you take this as a money line parlay the odds are a little bit better for you but we're playing teasers here New England money line and Denver money line and a two-team mm. six-point teaser is my teaser dangles where are you going uh this is a rough uh rough week for teasers this week boys there's not not a lot of good numbers out there not a lot of things that cross your three and, and seven key numbers so um, the, the one that did, the one that I saw that did is the, uh, the Bengals game, the Bengals playing the bears. Uh, I'm going to tease that up to nine and a half points. And then I'm going to couple that with, uh, uh, teasing the New York jets up to plus 13. I do think they're going to keep that game closer than people think that game is in New York. Uh, I think the Patriots ultimately end up coming out on top, but, but 13 points if, uh, you know, the, the, the Patriots and the Panthers are, I think on somewhat similar levels skill-wise, the Patriots maybe being a little bit better, but I think they're comparable teams, and I think uh, a good game from Zach Wilson. We'll have to see how much this offensive line factor plays in, uh, and him not having Mekhi Becton. He doesn't really have much else going for him other than Corey Davis, but um, I, I, I'm going to go ahead again and tease the Bengals up to 9.5, Jets up to 13. Damn, the taking the Jets in a teaser against your team. Dangles, I, I mean, Drew, what do you got for your tease? Wow, boys, I'm actually going to get uh, a little bit of everything with those two picks. Um, Tony, I don't I do not hate your I do not hate your teaser at all. Trust me, I wanted to put the Broncos in a teaser so badly. I might play them on the money line somewhere. I think Jacksonville is really bad. I do, too. After, I think well, Jacksonville's listen, really talk, bad. I'm going to talk about this game later on. At, after I verbally assaulted Urban Meyer and closed <laughs> the coffin on the Jags, 
I just figured, you know what? Let me back off that. There's no coming um, back the, from a slam poetry yeah. lashing in gravestones. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You just don't come back from that. <laughs> and again, again, you know, like like Steve talked about that look at line two and a half. It's six now. That's just that's just tough. But Tony, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, I'm absolutely going to take the Pats as my first leg of the teaser. I think I think this is going to be a very public play. But I mean, how can you not? Yeah. Uh, Belichick hates the Jets. His his his. his record against rookie quarterbacks is stellar uh as dango's referenced you know not, not having becton there uh only makes things uh, harder for zach wilson i love mac and obviously it goes without saying the patriots certainly aren't going oh and two within division games no i don't see any situation where they lose this game so that will be my first leg i know that if that loses me squares and uh, about eighty percent of uh, teasers <laughs> will be busted because that will be that will be the most public play. So yeah. I feel good about that because first, my second uh, leg, our first matchup of rookie quarterbacks drafted in the first round this year too. Because my second play, I'm going to p- completely agree with my man Dangles here. Who are the Bears ever to be favored by <laughs> anywhere over a touchdown? Anywhere. So we can we can. We can tease them up over eight. Are you kidding me? Listen, I wasn't high on the Bengals at all. Big scary man, big scary hairy man, our boy. I I, I, I kind of I kind of bashed the Bengals, but hey, listen, they beat the Vikings. The Vikings are a better team than the Bears. I don't care. Even after last week, the Vikings are a better team than the Bears. Now I, I know they got to go to Soldier Field, but I just again the, the Bengals are certainly are certainly uh, uh, live to win. But you give me the Bengals over a touchdown. Absolutely. That's going to be my teaser. I'm going to tease the uh, uh, Patriots down to a pick him. And I have the Bengals, which you have Dangles plus nine, plus eight and a half. He's doing a seven point teaser. Dangles okay, is over so there. I'm doing six. I'm doing six. I'm, I'm, I'm going to save my dime. Thank you very much. Shave the sharp is frugal. I'm going to do <laughs> Pats, pick him, Bengals plus eight, minus 110. Oh, man. I. Uh... I can't wait to watch that Cincinnati-Chicago game. Might have a bet coming up on it very soon. But let's go to our two-point side. Our two-point side, Dangles, what do you got? Uh, is it crazy, guys, that I just loved what I saw out of the Arizona Cardinals last week? I, I, it's just, I, It was so much fun to watch. Syracuse University and New England Patriots oh. legend Chandler Jones had a defensive day for the history books with five sacks. And uh, two forced fumbles, I believe, as well. Crazy. An enormous day for our guy Chan. Uh, I'm absolutely uh, on the board with the Cardinals train, though. I love them at minus three and a half here. I'm taking the Cardinals uh, at minus three and a half. I, I Look, I, I understand that a lot of people have criticisms of um, Cliff Kingsbury's air raid offense. And I don't think what is great about it is that it's Cliff Kingsbury's. I think what's great about it is that Kyler Murray is so good at running it, and he's deadly when he does. Um, and he makes big games out of Christian Kirk, who had two touchdowns, and D-Hop still gets uh, gets to eat his as well. I love this Arizona team. I love the way they're playing right now. I think three and a half against a Minnesota team, especially considering that game is in Arizona, is a, a smart move this week. Uh, uh, Dangles, I almost took Minnesota. And really? then I looked at the actual teams, and I saw Patrick Peterson try to cover Jamar Chase last week. And <laughs> I, I, there's no chance I could take that bet. Revenge Mike game Zimmer, for Patrick Peterson, speaking of. Mike Zimmer just does not have this team coached up yeah. to where it's supposed to be. That I offensive agree. line is porous. And then uh, what's-his-face, Kubiak's kid calling the plays. I'm, I'm really scared for yeah. Minnesota. And, Drew, you said it earlier, I don't think Minnesota is better than the Chicago Bears. I really don't. Um, but let's move on to my two-point side here. I'm going to go to a game that we talked about earlier in the game of the week section. I think Miami should have lost that game to the Patriots. I really do. That was a Damian Harris fumble on the nine that changed the whole tenor of that I game. I agree. I told you from the beginning that Pittsburgh was going to be close with Buffalo, and Pittsburgh came out and beat Buffalo, but they have a very specific team to beat that Buffalo team. They only rushed fourth for the majority of that game and still got pressure on Josh Allen. They put all the rest of their players deep in a zone, so Josh had to throw into tiny little windows, which we know, other than last year, he's usually not very good at. He's more of a make-it-happen, throw-it-deep kind of guy. I think Buffalo comes out and kills this Miami team. I don't think Miami wow. and two are going to be able to move the ball on a very good Buffalo defense. Pittsburgh, 
People don't like Pittsburgh offensive line. Still, they have playmakers everywhere. Much more playmakers than this Miami Their Dolphins team line has. Is bad. I'll talk about even that in with a even with Will Fuller coming back. I don't think there's enough playmakers to make the plays that Pittsburgh was making. They also don't have as good of a running back. I think Buffalo defense shuts down this Miami team, and I think the Buffalo offense. I don't think it's going to be last year, but I think it comes back to play here because I don't think Miami can get pressure without blitzing. And Josh Allen, at least last year against the blitz, was very good. Drew went over. Sean McDermott owns these Dolphins five games in a row where they won, five games in a row that hit the over, which stopped me from taking the under in this game. I just think the Bills hold Miami to a goose egg, and I think Buffalo scores points at a rate that they were scoring at last year. Buffalo minus three and a half is my two-point side. Circle the wagons. Drew? Tony, compelling case, man. I, I, like I said, I lean Buffalo. The fact that you, of all people, are betting Buffalo – Makes me want to almost readjust my sheet here and back up the brink strike on the Bills. Yeah. Because if you like the Bills, uh, that means you really like them because everyone knows you hate the Bills and their families. Um, <laughs> Dangles, I Why hope you it's the better. Kids I, into it, man. Hey, Dangles, <laughs> listen, I, I hope it's better than last week because I literally doubled up your one point selection last week with a two point selection that both missed in the Washington football team. Yeah. But my two point selection absolutely is going to be San Francisco minus three, and I'll tell you why. It's Good. more of Thank a fade. You. It's more of a, more fade, of a fade of the Eagles, on, right? No, no. It's more of a fade on who Philadelphia played. The Atlanta Falcons graded oh, out the worst in PFF. PFF, the worst team uh, last week. Number Tied for 31st, okay? Now, Jalen Hurts, everyone wants to crown him. His average depth of target, average depth of target was three yards. Mm. All those yards are coming after the catch. Now, San Francisco is coached by Kyle Shanahan, who I believe is going to be severely pissed off watching his team uh, basically go from 41 to 17 to having to be up by eight with the Lions having the ball inside their 30 yeah. with 25 seconds left. Also, San Francisco has a history of staying on the East Coast for back-to-back games, which they did uh, this time. They are chilling over there. They did not. They did not go back home. Their body clocks are the same. I just think this is a huge discrepancy of rosters here. And again, who like this is this is a bet where it's like an early it's like an early early round of a poker tournament. I'll pay to see it. If I lose, I get information, but I don't think I'm going to lose this at all. I like San Francisco minus three. I want to see if Hertz can do it against a great roster. And again, I think Shanahan is going to have those boys ready to go. I can't imagine he was happy with the way things ended last week. And I'm I'm gonna take San Francisco minus three as my two point side. Guys, I almost took Atlanta plus twelve against Tampa Bay again. Like I'm I am I, I mean I'm that's what I said. That's I'm so glad to hear you say, say that. I'm so glad like, to hear you say that, Shaver the Sharp, because that's exactly the argument I made earlier when I when I uh, gave my my minus three as the one point uh, yes. side because it, it's it is because the Falcons are bad, the worst, like uh, literally the worst team in Week One. Great, they're bad. I almost did it. Let's move on to the total, okay? It's time to take the squares bet that we take. It's time to take the total. Best total of the week. You can either go over or under. This is worth two points towards the King of the Coast rankings. Dangles, we're starting with you. What is your Sunday total for week two? I've got the Steelers Raiders under 47 at wow. minus 115. Oh, yeah. Look, it's a ballsy dude, bet. This, no, I don't think so at all. The Steelers' pass no, rush is, like... is dominant, and I don't expect Derek Carr to have anywhere near as much time as he had on Monday Night Football to to throw them. He had all sorts of time back there to heave these downfield passes. He's not going to have time to cook that shit up against uh, T.J. Watt uh, and this, this, this defense. I also uh, want to bring up how bad the Steelers' offensive line is. They only gave up two sacks last week, but I took a closer look at some of the data that Football Outsiders has on how effective the line was at blocking for the run. They were last in adjusted line yards, 30th in running back yards per carry, and 28th in the number of times that a run was stuffed on 25% of plays, rush plays that they ran. Uh, Najee Harris or whoever the running back was got stuffed at the line of scrimmage. This is a historically bad line. I think you're going to see pass rush. We talked earlier about how good the, uh, we think the, the Raiders pass rush, p- rush potentially is, at least in that front four. I think you're going to see a lot of scrambling around. And, and Ben Roethlisberger also ranks very near a low uh, down in the league in air yards per attempt. He's got yeah. it's like 6.5. He doesn't throw the ball deep downfield. So I don't think you're going to see this high scoring contest between these two 
two teams. I think it's much more likely, much more likely that this is a lower score. So I'm giving that out as my uh, total, my two point total. Steelers Raiders under 47 minus 115. I don't love that Dangles. just because love, everything you said makes sense, Dangles. But I think they're gonna Pittsburgh's gonna be able to run the ball a hell of a lot. I better know than you they love Pittsburgh. Well, I know you love Pittsburgh, but I just, I just literally just gave you stats against no, no, but, a Bills team that is very, very good. A very, yeah, very yeah. good to give them uh, to give that the the credit they deserve there. But, I'm saying, and guys, did, Najee did you Harris hear, is going to be a much better player in this game than he was in I, Week I, One. I that hurts your over. First. Did you did you hear Big Ben though say after the game, literally say after the game, like our defense is going to have to win us games? You hear that? That's an under team. I love that under Dangles. I might place that myself. I, I and yeah. again. I wouldn't surprise me if the Raiders don't get off the bus. They're probably still drunk from Monday night in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. So, like, honestly, that's a great bet. I think I might place that right now. Thanks, buddy. Uh, I was struggling with this one because there was a couple that I liked. I really liked the Buffalo Miami under, but again, Buffalo five and zero in the last uh, to the over in the last five times they played Miami. I also really liked the Saints and Carolina under because I think both of those defenses are better than the two offenses that they'll be playing. I couldn't take it, though, because in the off chance, Jameis has another game like he did against the Patriots. I will be taking this game, though, and I'll be hitting the over. Because if you watch Sunday Night Football, you had Sean McVay and the Rams. They had so many long bombs that were open against that Chicago Bears defense. And a team that runs a very similar Sean McVay-type offense, or at least tries to, is the Cincinnati Bengals. On the other side, David Montgomery, even though they were playing the Rams, still had a really good game, was getting 10 yards a clip on the run. I think he's going to be able to run against this Cincinnati Bengals defense. I think Joe Mixon's going to be able to run against this Bears defense. I think uh, Burrow makes some plays. I'm not so certain Andy Dalton does, but I think Montgomery does enough to keep them in uh, to the red zone and maybe getting some touchdowns here. I think this number is pretty low. In fact, when I saw it earlier today, it was at 44 and a half. At time of recording, it is 46. So people are throwing money along with me. I hate that it moved that much since we're recording later on Mm -hmm. to the evening, but I'm taking Cincinnati and the Chicago Bears over 46 points for this game. I just think Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, they're going to be able to get open on the same schemes that the Rams run against this Bears defense. I'm excited to watch this game. A very much a who is for real game. Over 46 is my play. Drew, what is your total? Tony, I got to admit, I am personally shocked that we're not on the same side here. I am shocked because if you think I'm going to go through this whole podcast in week two and not have a bet that not only that I have to make, but I love on the Monday night game between the Lions and the Packers, you're nuts. Listen, <laughs> I, I, I understand that Aaron Rodgers looked like he was, again, walking dead, whatever. He's got long hair. He's doing commercials. The Lions defense is so bad. Their roster is just bad. Okuda, who's terrible anyway, is probably yeah. their best cornerback. He's done for the year. He's the dead. 49ers just put 41 points. He passed away, went home to be with the Lord. The 49ers just put 41 points on them without effectively trying. But that Lions t- that Lions offense is gritty. This is a game script where if the Packers, as you know, 11.5 point favorites, they should get up often early. They should be able to score at will. Should. The Lions are going to have to throw come after the game this is a dead nuts over all day all night monday yeah. nights over 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 48 are you kidding me come on <laughs> I, I i am owed i am owed this over from the gambling gods for that god-awful bad beat that i talked to dr dangles about in the in the in the titans cardinals <laughs> I hope game that helped this this is it did this is a dead nuts over <laughs> I, this is my favorite Dude, total of the year, over 48 Monday night game. The Lions, the Lions, TJ Hawkinson led the Lions in receiving. The next two guys down the list, a list, Swift and Williams, are running backs. And then Khalif Raymond with three catches for 50 yards is your is your hey. next receiver, actual receiver, actual receiver. And they gave up remember 38 guys, of those 41 before the fourth quarter. It's just, we I don't, mean, they're bad. Do you we remember don't have when you a guys Monday mocked morning me? show, but my favorite bet for that game is all the Hawkinson player prop overs you can get because they were guys like mm-hmm. Jawan Johnson scoring touchdowns yeah. against my Green Bay Packer defense. Adam Trotman had six had six receptions, could have had more if he didn't drop seven balls on the way to it. <laughs> Hawkinson's going to have a day on Monday night. Do you guys remember when you mocked me for my Jamal Williams seven twenty five rushing receiving yards and yes, Hawkinson I over did. five and a half? Look who's laughing yeah. now. It's on pace, by the yeah. way, to go for about 1,800 yards and 18 touchdowns. <laughs> Let's just move so you on. Hand up it's on time. that one. 
It's time to back up the Brinks truck. It's time to give out our last bet of the day. We've gone long on this show, but I'm happy you're still listening and or watching on our YouTube channel, which you should check out and subscribe to because this is the way we make money on this show. As Drew said, he's 1-0 in Brinks truck bets. I'm 1-0 in Brinks truck bets. Dangles is backing up the Brinks truck as we speak. We made him spit shine it for over the week to make up for what he did last week. We're going to you first, Dangles. What is the backup the Brinks truck three-point side for the King of the Coast rankings? What's your side right. you're taking? All right. Well, uh, as uh, Huey Lewis in the news said, it's hip to be square. Today, I'm going to be pretty square uh, when I go two Teddy covers and the Denver Broncos, who are minus six against the Jags. Teddy covers always covers. And he looked really solid on a serious note. He looked really solid and led four straight scoring drives for the Broncos between the second and third quarters um, against the, uh, the Giants last weekend. The loss of Jerry Judy hurts, but as we discussed earlier this week on this podcast, it's not a death knell by any means. We've seen Denver's wide receivers step up before, um, and a Tim Patrick, a KJ Hamler could could become the guy to run alongside Cortland Sutton, and they still have Noah, Noah Fant. And, guys, Jacksonville might be truly bad at all levels. They were completely yes. unable to stop the Texans' mediocre offense. Uh, they yes. allowed t- rushing touchdowns to each of the three running backs on that, uh, on that core. And Trevor Lawrence did throw three touchdowns, touchdowns but he also threw three really bad interceptions including one of the worst reads that I've ever seen on a on a second down pass that got interception uh, intercepted by Christian Kirksey Houston punted six times in this game and the Jaguars scored on their following drive after that just once and it was with two minutes and 45 seconds left in the fourth I am all over Denver in this game they ran for over 165 yards on the Giants and the Jags defense could not stop a leak let alone the running backs in the uh, uh, Texans offense so Denver Broncos minus six against Jacksonville I don't know Drew I'm starting to hear the horns of the USC marching band in Jacksonville what about you he's not, oh, yeah. he's not leaving he's oh, not he, leaving Jacksonville not a chance not a chance. He why said would today. you? Why he's building chance. something here. He, he's, he's building he's something there, Drew. I don't think he's Man, doing that. No why he's would building you? I'm building. I'm, I'm. I'm building a program here. I know you I'm guys not, hate him, but just from a PR difficult. standpoint, you wouldn't. That would be a terrible, terrible thing not to say. Difficult week one, at all I'm in leaving. Jacksonville. This is the struggle he wanted. He doesn't want the easy life of Southern no. California, Drew. Okay. No. My backup, the Brinks truck side. It's an hour from Gainesville. Come on now. My backup, the Brinks truck side. I'm very excited to take this. I already have Denver in a teaser, but Dangles, I love that one as well. Guys, did you see the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday Night Football? Did you see that potent offense? Did you see that that offense? I talked about it before you. Exactly. I hated this Indy team. I thought Indy was going to be good. I thought Indy was going to be at least aggressive and trying to do things. This Indy offense looked worse than the Phil Rivers one that showed up last week. Yes, Indy has their second straight home game. Yes, LA is going to have that whole West Coast to East Coast body clock thing. Yes, Indy is a home dog and underdogs went 12 and 4. You know who's one of the four losses in the underdog category? These Indianapolis Colts. Okay. I think the L.A. Rams minus three and a half is stealing money. I think L.A. comes out and beats the Brinks truck off of this team. I don't think Indy's very good. I don't think the offensive line is very good. And if Quentin Nelson's not there, they're not going to be able to run the ball at all. This Indy team is in trouble, capital T trouble, and the L.A. Rams are just a train that keeps on chugging forward. L.A. Rams minus three and a half is my backup. The Brinks truck three-point side. Mama Crookson, you can take this one home too. Drew, where are you going with your uh, three-point Brinks truck bet? I want to say one thing that I forgot to say about my two-point bet because it ties in to my Brinks truck bet, oh. guys. It ties in. So, again, what me and Dangles had talked about, overreactions. Eagles people overreacting because they played the Falcons. San Francisco might be a little underrated because they gave a bunch of points in the game against the Lions when, in reality, they're up 41-17. However, however, what's the biggest player comp, do you think, to Jalen Hurts in current day? I would say it's probably Kyler Murray. San Francisco, San Francisco, week one, Kyler Murray torches him, and they they get upset as 14-point favorites. Week 17, with an inferior lineup, San Francisco preps. They shut Kyler Murray down. They win as underdogs, okay? So let's go to the back of the Brinks truck bet for this week, and I know it's probably not a good sign that I don't have only one, but two sides with my man in the New England hoodie <laughs> Matthew Dangles. Once again, this is a complete. This is not. This is not a buy on a team. This is a fade of a team. Yeah. And I am a hundred percent fading the Minnesota fucking Vikings. Okay. 
My backup the Brinks truck bet will be the Arizona Cardinals minus three and a half. And I can't believe the Sharp nice. is taking a home favorite. Uh, sorry, he's, he's taking he's taking a home favorite in a in in a week where there's seven home dogs, which I know I just know for a fact at least four of those dogs will cover. I promise you. But guys. Listen, this goes back to our preview with Matthew Collar. He, he told us. He, he showed us the nails in his hands. He said, guys, look at me. Look at me. The Vikings <laughs> are not good. Off air. He said that. He said, the Vikings team's not good. No one likes Kirk Cousins. Zimmer's kind of over it. By the way, does Zim, Zimmer They have no like secondary whatsoever. They have no Zimmer's secondary. Face looks like, Zimmer's face looks like he got stung by about 100 bees. I don't understand <laughs> what's going on. Okay? But everyone talks about Kyler. Everyone talks about... Kristen uh, Kirk and 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 D Hop and and Rondell Moore, man, he showed out. But guys, this defense, and I, I know, I know, Chandler yeah. Jones five sacks, but maybe JJ Watt as kind of a like a number two pass rusher, he looked pretty good. Buda Baker you know? is Isaiah, awesome. Isaiah Simmons, not bad. You know, I just so, I just want to go back. This, if you listen, not too long ago, merely two weeks into our pass, Drew was ready to take Cliff Kingsbury to the airport and fly him away. Arizona was the worst and, team in the league. They were going to go under true. the eight and a half total. I believe that was your best Guys, bet. Now you're all about these Cardinals. You, you'll hear. You'll hear. If you had a dollar for every time I say this on this podcast <laughs> this year, you'll be wealthy. It's a week to week league, yeah. and once again, Arizona yeah. is a fast starting team. After that Hill Murray last year when they beat the Bills, they were six and three. Then they limped to the finish line yeah. and won two out of the last seven games, finished eight and eight. This is a team that you get game tape on Kyler. Kyler gets Kyler gets nicked up. They're not the same team. They're healthy. They're fired up coming off that huge that huge victory in Tennessee. Now they get their home opener against a Vikings team that I think's got more issues than just yeah. the just on the field, guys. Again, goes back to Kyler. I'm completely fading this team, and also Kirk Cousins has a history of performing great at one o'clock Eastern games. This is you know I know that's silly, but it's true. His stats back it up. This is a this is a 125 local game in the West Coast. I am going to absolutely take for my best bet the Arizona Cardinals minus three and a half. I think this is a double digit victory for the Cardinals if they even play moderately well. I think they shut them down on I, they shut the Vikings down on defense. I think they score plenty of points. I, I if Kirk Cousins backdoors me and he costs me two points in two weeks in a row in my contest, I'm going to be very 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 upset. However. Cardinals, minus three and a half, back of the Brinks track. All right, that was a hell of a King of the Coast section. It's a hell of a week, too. Excited to watch the slate that comes up ahead. But that is uh, that is it for the week two show, for the Thursday show. A lot of bets to be given out, and we're going to be having a lot of fun tracking these as we go along. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at West Coast Games. We have the YouTube channel as well if you want to see our faces as we're making these bets. Uh, for Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crooks, and my name is Tony Squares, Tony Cavallo, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And as always, thank you for listening. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 